Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, pick guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound, pick up. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show. As I say every week, feels real good. That's right. We got a great show for you. I promise. I swear. We always do. I think. I feel like we do. Don't say it. No, if we don't. But just nod your head up and down. Uh, Tony Baloney. Yes. I'm. I'm pretty sure that we do some things here on this podcast. What What kind of things do we do? Uh, we like to talk about gear. We like to talk about the people and talk to. Not about. That would be rude. We like to talk to <laughs> the people who make the gear. Right. These would be. Yeah, builders of amps and guitars and pedals and accessories and all the good stuff. We like to get the story behind the story. That's right. Post facto. All right. And uh, we're going to get the story behind the story behind the story of this gentleman. Who are you, Mr. Gentleman? Hey there. This is Dallas Seeger from Seeger Guitars. Dallas yeah. Seeger from Seeger Guitars. Everybody wishes they were named Dallas Seeger. <laughs> I know. I kind of do. It would sound way better than Todd. But <laughs> regardless, I'm having name envy. Allow me that for this one show, gentlemen. Dallas, we're really thrilled to have you on the show. You make some pretty fantastic looking guitars. I caught them on the uh, on the Instagram and I said, hey, oh, what is this all about? And that's one of the best things about our little guitar universe is that on a daily basis, we can discover something or someone new. And I love that about this. So you are the discovery du jour. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. I'm glad you guys, I'm flattered you guys like my stuff and uh, you wanted to chat with me on here. So it's cool. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, when, as, as people are listening, um, where can they go to learn more about, you know, and see your guitars and stuff? Uh, my Instagram at Seeger Guitars or SeegerGuitars.com. Or you can email me if you need something, Dallas at SeagerGuitars.com. All right. And that is S-E-G-E-R. That's right. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Well, we're going to hear all about his awesome guitar making and probably some other crazy bits. Uh, but before we do that, we need we just got a couple of announcements real quick. We need to thank Rode. Rode. <laughs> road mics for providing our awesome audio equipment to power this podcast we have the roadcaster pro this beautiful little console doing the, the dirty work as well as the procaster mics and uh the articulating arms so thank you so much to road for providing that to us um we say thanks every week because we mean it I also want to do a quick little shout out to Barefoot Buttons. They've been a, a partner of ours, uh, providing Barefoot Buttons for um, our Patreon uh, uh, supporters for a long time now. And they're just cool people and make cool stuff, and we appreciate them. I also need to bring up this really cool listener mail that I'm going to share. All right, this is from uh, executive producer John Jackson. He says... Uh, I have a, he's sharing his uh, foreign floor here. And it says, the first one is the Marshall Drive Master. It says, I love this overdrive with an SG and a Marshall. I bought it because it was cheap and nearly an original blues breaker. It's got proper knobs. It's, uh, it's not 
loud, but but stick a boost after it if you need it. When I'm playing single coils, I swap this for a DNM drive because Mr. Keeley and those pedal show guys understand single coils and gain. Fantastic show. I'm sure we are all fans of the the uh, the pedal show. <laughs> what the hell okay. That? Tony. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. Okay. <laughs> it's usually Tony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, it was Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Damn you. Damn you do it, Tony. Come on. <laughs> uh, Next up, we have the Boss MD200. Uh, it says, too useful to ignore. More modulation types than I can be bothered to count, and they all sound good and share a, share a single power input. You might get slightly cooler sounds if you use dedicated pedals, pedals for each type, but you would need a mighty board to fit them all. If I'm not... Uh, and I, uh, Wait, it says, if I'm feeling digital-averse... I'll use an old Electro Harmonics Electric Mistress Deluxe mm. instead. That's yep. only one effect, but that'll, you know, get it get it done. Uh, and then he also has the uh, TC Alter Ego. This is a variation on the flashback with tape style and other vintage delay em- emulations up front. One day I'll replace with a single delay sound, a Dunlop Echoplex maybe, to stop the temptation of switching delays every two minutes. And finally... The T-Rex Tremster. It doesn't do a million variations. It just makes throbby tremolo how I like it with a bonus of a fine boost from the volume knob. I like big pedals. For me, the pedal is an interface, not just a box of components crammed in a tight box, as tight a box as possible. Well, there you have it. That is just a one of our listeners, four on the floor, and it's always fun to see what other people are playing, you know? Like, we're probably all the people that go to a show and have to go stick our head over the top of the stage going, what pedals are on his board? Because we care about that stuff. So thank you, John Jackson, for sending that in. We need to talk about what has been going on in our music world this week. This is the stuff that isn't, you know, Jared's a builder, Tony's a builder, our guest Dallas is a builder, what is all the stuff that we're not doing when we're building? All right. Ah, watching oh. football, baby. No. Want to know? No. So I tell you. No, you're watching Hallmark. Uh, Tony. <laughs> Hallmark. I watch football on, on Hallmark. <laughs> Tony Baloney is going to kick us off, and then we're going to check out what Dallas is up to. Well, after I stopped watching the Hallmark channel. Oh, this week. Well, this was a big week because this is after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully the insanity at the post office uh will slow down a little bit um but this week i started digging into a book that uh i understand uh baloney claws dropped one off for for jared that's the jimmy page anthology book love it wow it is it is a beauteous 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 book buy it just buy it even if you're not a big pagey or zeppelin fan there is so much cool stuff in there. Uh, great photography for uh, guitars and amps and stories and some, you know, all of his personal memorabilia costumes. It's 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 an incredible book, and I, I mean, if you if you at all like guitars, just just go get this. I've been kind of reading through. I think I'm on like chapter three or four right now, 
And it's, uh, it's just, there's some crazy, crazy stories that go along with the photographs. Very cool. Dallas, what have you been up to in your music world this week? Um, I mean, playing, I'm, uh, I'm going to be recording some stuff soon. So I'm just rehearsing for that, trying to get my parts tight. Um, I got a, I got a van project. I've got a 74 Dodge B100. I'm doing an engine swap in this winter. So I'm excited to do that. Get it back on the road in the spring. 440, 383. What are you putting in it? It's uh it's a 360 stroker. So it'll be 408 and, um, trick flow heads, big roller cam. It ought to be a lot of fun. Wow. That'll that'll sound like rock and roll, baby. Yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) That's officially the first, uh, van story that we've had on here. I believe. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. They are, man. (laughs) I had a band van. I didn't own the band van. But I had to sit in the back of the band van. The problem was it was a it was a crappy old like delivery style band van that didn't have any seats See? or windows. <laughs> so we're like we're like, hey, cool, we got a gig in L.A. Let's load up in uh, Orange County. And oh, I guess I'll just sit here in the back of all this equipment. Uh, for, for, that sucked. <laughs> good, good time to reflect on things. Yeah. 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 We had a band van too, but we actually put seats in it and we still had room for all the stuff. Yeah. It was awesome. <sighs> Dreams of cooler band vans. That would be a pretty fantastic Instagram channel, like cool band vans. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe it'd be stupid. Jared, what, what's going on in your music world, buddy? Yeah. So um, I got that Jimmy Page book. Uh, from, <laughs> from Tony. I, stole, I stole your thunder you did but that's about you know um i honestly have not been in the shop and working at all um very much oh <laughs> uh, yeah so we uh put some sonotone strings on my 1970 gibson les paul custom and we had a go with that and it sounded really good i mean it, they're great strings um it's always nice when you get the fresh new strings on a guitar you get that you know, that um, undeniable fresh string sound, you know, nice mm-hmm. and bright and clear. Is that the orange one or the black one? It's a black one. Okay. The black one, yeah. what? Les Paul Custom. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the black, you know, weighs 50,000 pounds. And yeah. And by weighs- orange, you mean nicked, nicked out, right? Yes. Nicotine. Nicotined out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I love that guitar. It's got the maple neck on it. Yeah. I, I am a fool for the late seventies Gibson Les Pauls with the with the uh, maple necks. I really am. I for some reason I've always loved the action on those. What do you think it does about having the maple neck instead of mahogany? I don't know. Maybe it's just when I think of maple, I think a hard, sturdy maple. So is there more sturdiness in it, or yeah, probably. I, I, it's probably it's, brighter. It takes some of the the it, darkness of the mahogany away. And, and you know it could be just the way they shaped the necks in those years because yeah, I, it was, they were they were their own thing by then they were and I just my hand loves those necks it's just the way it is great great ebony fingerboard great uh, action yeah I mean that's that's what I love about the seventy nine mm. I love that guitar I about you Todd well thanks Tony I have a similar story I've got a similar story. 
<laughs> I was walking down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, now I can't tell who it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's our official Jared noise that we make. Um, it, it, so it, uh, I was doing the uh, uh, One Minute Wonder little demo videos that I've been doing, and I decided I'm like, you know what? For this pedal, this was for the Hello Sailors free range pedal. Um, I said, I feel like this needs to be through my uh, Sheraton 2 uh, with uh, with Jared's Brandon Wound 59 clones in it because it was just kind of screaming kind of Oasis tones to me, like big giant rock and stadium rock, you know. Yeah. And I plugged that thing in and I was like, oh my gosh. But I hadn't, I hadn't changed strings on that in forever. So immediately after I finished that, I'm like, I got to get some new strings on these things. So... I had a set of the Kurt Mangan uh, tens and I put those on. And what was interesting is I was like, Oh, maybe this is a time to experiment with string winding a little bit. And so I just checked out a couple videos and I said, well, I'm going to try this over under business that I've been seeing. I hadn't really used that in the past, but I decided to try. It didn't go super awesome. Um, but I, because of that, although I saw plenty of other people that had done it really well, <laughs> I was like, well, Hmm. There's a lot of comments on like, I ditched this years ago. Why on earth would you do this? Oh, this is the best. No, this is the worst. So I, I uh, sent a little note to our pal Drew Foppy and I'm like, all right, you change about a thousand strings a week in your job. How do you do it? And he said, I'll do a video. So he's going to be posting a video on how on, you know, a touring, a worldwide touring guitar tech how he changes strings so for the wines, you know, and it's all about the wines. Uh, so that'll be kind of interesting. I'll be interested to see if he does it right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he yeah. does it. He's left-handed. Um, oh, hey. I, can't to, I can't wait to get in the comments and tell him how wrong he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, he's going to, he's going to do that. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. So I just, um, I did try the over under thing. And then I was like, yeah, screw that. So I took them all off and put another set on and just did them the, the old, the old way that I've been doing them for ages. I would like to do a, a get a more efficient, faster way to do it. So yeah, I'm open. I'm open to doing things better. Yeah. So why don't, you, why don't you just get a bunch of guitars with Bigsby's if you really want to be efficient? <laughs> Twelve string Bigsby. Ooh, now yeah. you're talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about some of this? One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Jared. Yes, Tony Baloney. Tell me about tour gear design patch cables. They're awesome. I have a, a bunch of them. I ordered several sizes, several styles at one time. Are they durable? They're, they're absolutely as durable as can be, and they are very small. So they are they fit. are they flat as a crepe? They are flat no. as a pancake, <laughs> yummy <laughs> sugary crepe toolbox. <laughs> Speaking of toolbox, <laughs> what? Um, yes, these uh, these patch cables are pretty fantastic. Extremely Absolutely. low profile. And hey, I think they're affordable. They're too, super affordable. In fact, I took advantage of the sale that they had going on. And if you missed that sale, it's okay. Cause you can go to tourgeardesigns.com forward slash discounts forward slash the guitar knobs. And you're going to save 10% on your entire order. Okay. Now 
I want to also share that they just came out with, I think it's a 24 inch patch cable, mm-hmm. an 18 inch and a 15 inch and a 10 inch. And I got one of each of those because um, I've found myself oddly in need of those. So I was like, woohoo! And I grabbed them. Well, you could use that with your Moog synthesizer. I could when I get one. Uh, anyway, so check out tourgetterdesigns.com forward slash discounts forward slash the guitar knobs. Save 10% on some of the best patch cables out there, period. We keep having people that come on the show that are builders that have to string up their, their pedal boards over and over and over and over. And they, so many people are using them right now. So I would, I would jump on that. Yeah. They're very cool. Yes. Good people too. All righty. Dallas Seeger is going to share his four on the floor with us. I'm very anxious to hear what these pedals are. Dallas, one at a time, share all of the amazing, wondrous things about your four must-have pedals. Yeah, I guess in no particular order. Um, the first one that comes to mind is I love Full Tone's Deja Vibe. Mm-hmm. I actually have three different kinds. <laughs> so... <laughs> I have two tradles and one of like the box kind and they all sound a little different, but they're, they're so silky and wormy and they're, they're just, they're just so cool. You can, you can really dial it back so you can barely tell what's going on or you can like really make it wishy. Uh, but that Univibe definitely. And I think the full tone ones are the best. Um, at least the ones that I've tried. I haven't tried any like really like ultra boutique ones. So mm-hmm. I just uh, did a one minute wonder on the jam pedals waterfall, which has a, a vibe section on it. Um, that's one that I, I particularly like. Uh, what do you got for number two? Well, one of my all time favorite distortions is the black arts tone works, black forest. I have a very early one and um, it's just so cool and unique. I don't know. There's something about the voice of it that, that just sounds totally unique to me. It's a, it's a little bit cold sounding, but it, it's very pleasing. Like it, it's not like shrill or anything. What, what about that particular one? You, you like, it's pleasing. Is it, is it the, is it the actual tone or is it the gain that you're, you're digging? Um, both. I mean, you can get like a pretty saturated tone. Obviously you can dial it back, but it has like a variac on it. And I think, I think the EQ is like a, like a, I, I may be wrong. I think the EQ is like a Baxendall EQ. So it's kind of like those old school oranges with just bass and treble. Mm-hmm. And it just has a very distinct tone. Like it, it, um, it almost sounds in a weird way. It sounds like an HM two. If you took out all the compression, if that makes any sense. Okay. So it's kind of like a grating a little bit, but it, it's still, it doesn't like really clamp down, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I got it. I understand yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. It's it's uh, kind of open-ish. Exactly. It's yeah. actually, it's, it's really, really good at bass too. Far out, Dive. man. That's yeah, cool. That's a, I don't it's think, awesome. I don't think we've had a Black Arts Toneworks pedal mentioned yet. They're great. So. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a bunch of them. They're awesome. Very cool. Where Do you know where those are made out of? Uh, whew, I should know, uh, somewhere in the Midwest. I don't know. I maybe Kentucky actually. Can you think of it? I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Check out Definitely. the old black arts tone works. Yeah. They're cool. Excellent. What about number three? Um, this is, uh, 
probably the least exciting one, um, but it's like a must-have for me. It's my Laylee ABY, and I think it's the best ABY. It's super duper durable, and it's it doesn't add any extra noise or pops or clicks or anything like that. Um, I like to in my band when I go for a lead, I don't uh, I, I turn on another amp rather than like switching a channel or hitting a distortion pedal. So it's, it's much more dramatic that way. So that's, that's, that's a great idea. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it wallops you. That's really cool. I wonder, I, I know I may be getting a story confused, but I, I remember reading about um, Mick Mars, from Motley Crue, who would, uh, you know, he had like, he wasn't running monster amps. He had like, you know, half a dozen smaller amps. They were all just all kinds yeah. of them, uh, which is one of the reasons he had like kind of a uh, more unique sound. And um, I wonder if if that was one of the tricks that he was doing because I mean he had access to them. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I really like the idea of like running a couple of amps, and you can kind of complement each other. You know, get like you know one amp's a little tighter, the other one's a little saggier. Yeah. You know, EQ. It, it really it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was, uh, I've been experimenting with a, a very similar thing at home. Um, <laughs> it's star Wars. <laughs> I know. Oh, <laughs> that's a millennium Falcon. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second. It took me a second. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I was trying to pair up, uh, I've got a Supro black magic and I, and I, when I recorded our record, we used, I, I also paired it up with um, an old Univox, which is basically I'm like a Marshall clone. And mm. um, uh, from what I understand, don't throw rocks at me if I got that one wrong, but we were, we were trying to dial in some Marshall sounds to complement this Supro. So I'm like, man, I, you know, I'd love to be able to do this live. And so running two combos would be pretty rad. So I was looking around for, I'm still am looking for a, a nice, like, sort of martially compliment or something of that ilk to, you know, a good compliment to that sound. Um, so yeah, I, I, I dig what you're doing. That sounds like it, uh, you know, anytime you're doing that, it's just like, Whoa, my gosh, my sound just like multiplied in awesome yeah. ways. Yeah. It's really like four, like two amps is like four amps, you know? Yeah. I like that kind of math. <laughs> 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 All right. How about number four? Um, you know, uh, this, I'm not, I, I guess he's not making stuff anymore, but Nick Dunwich made me some awesome gain pedals. Um, my favorite one, he, I'll tell you about two of them. Um, he gave me, he made me like a, like a totally, uh, NOS faithful range master with like the correct grounding and everything. And that just totally, totally does a range master thing. It's, it, it's amazing. Um, and then he also made this, uh, distortion pedal, which is like the closest thing to Iomi in a box that I've ever come across. And it's a, it's a, it's a two, it's like a two channel distortion pedal. So channel a is like a, a Laney super group emulator. And then the boost on top of that, of course, is a built in range master. So, um, you can, like I said, that's the closest thing to Tony Iommi in a box you can probably get. Um, I don't think he's making stuff anymore. I, I may be wrong, but you can check out his stuff at 
Dunwich Doom Compound on Instagram. Dunwich Doom Compound. I think that's right. Yeah. But I was lucky enough to get some of his stuff while he was making it. and They're just super well thought out and they're just awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I think we've heard that, that, uh, that rumor about him not making stuff anymore, uh, uh before, uh, yeah. trying to figure out where that that's come up before on the old, on the floor, on the floor. So you guys heard about Nick then? Um, what, what, what do you mean? Nick, Nick, I, oh, I just know it was Nick. So. Oh, Nick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, uh, I think it was just brought up that he wasn't making stuff anymore and somebody had brought up I'm trying to remember who that was. Doggone it, I should know that. I should know all the things that we talk about. Anyways, <laughs> um, so uh, thank you for that Four on the Floor. That was very cool. You mentioned your band a couple times. So can you tell us just a little bit about that? Um, the name of the band is Manic Abraxas. And it's it's just like a, um, I guess if you sum it to one thing, it'd be like a metal band. It's a lot of uh, kind of weird like early eighties influence, especially like Celtic frost venom. There's also like some slower stuff, like groovier stuff. So uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Your band sounds like you're doing some heavy stuff, right? Yeah. It, it kind of, some of it's fast, some of it's slower, groovier kind of stuff, you know, but yeah, definitely. Awesome. Dallas, uh, you've got some pretty fantastic looking guitars. Um, I, when I first picked up on you, uh, on Instagram and it's funny, I, I don't mean this in a demeaning way to any of our guests. When I say, Oh, we discovered it. It's like, no, we didn't act. We're not saying that we discovered these people. Obviously you've been around, you've been doing this for some time. It's just (laughs) that this is our first introduction into your world. So that's, I just wanted to clarify that for people so they don't think we're making all these amazing discoveries. It's not, we're just, we're haphazardly finding people that we didn't know about. Uh, it's a big, it's a big fat guitar world out there and we, we don't all know everybody. So, um, but this is a way that we can, uh, I think the, the first one that I saw that really just like knocked me out. Um, I believe it was one of your YG models and, it had like a, it had the red sides and back, but it had like a flame tobacco top yeah. with uh slanted, slanted uh, inlays. I was just like, Oh my goodness. This thing is gorgeous. Thanks, uh, man. If you don't know what I'm talking about, everybody needs to head on over to Instagram and, and get your socks knocked off by this, uh, by uh, some of these pictures. I think you got a, a black beauty style, it, uh, you know, just in the sense that it's black and it's beautiful and it's got three pickups. Um, <laughs> yeah. that was one of your recent posts and, um, and they just look really, really fantastic. Um, I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I immediately, I remember when I saw this one cause Jared's a great big SG fan and, uh, you're, you know, this is, I'd say it's inspired, but it's certainly not a, you know, a one, one to one. Well, Todd, some people would really disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's, but, uh, here's, here's where I, here's where I will justify my justification. Yeah. I don't like SGs. I'm with you. They're the coolest looking guitar that I cannot bond with. You've taken some liberties with that inspiration that I actually do really dig aesthetically. Yeah. I mean, thank you. I, again, that she's a badass guitar. It just doesn't work for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, I've tried 
a ton of really nice ones and, and they never really did it. But what I'm, all, what I'm getting at is, you know, I wanted to make something that was kind of like that double cut inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, the irony, I've gotten a lot of grief over that shape. And uh, the irony is, is really, I was going for more of a Yamaha double cut, the, the Yamaha SG, mm-hmm. because it's symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to make something with a bigger neck joint and just more rigidity. Yeah. Know? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think I've shared some of that, uh, uh, you know, when you're talking about trying some mighty fine ones. I mean, Jared has, he, he, he has some exceptional um, specimens of the SGs. Then, you know, Very those much. are some of his favorite guitars. They're oh, yeah. really they are beautiful. And I, I know when he's handing it to him, I'm like, I'm getting a pretty exceptional instrument here. And even in John's studio, we were playing around and he's like, Hey, try this one. It was a, I think it was a sick Jared. It was a 61 SG maybe that he had here. Yeah. It's an early sixties, either a special or a junior. Yeah. It's one of the two. And, you know, and he said, Hey, this is one of my prize instruments. And I, and I, picked it up and I'm like, no, I hate this. Get it off me. <laughs> and he's like, what? How can you say that? You have also idea? Has a, uh, a mid seventies as well. Those are good instruments as well. They're, yeah. they're uh, thanks, man. They're, they're very sturdy guitars. Yeah. Yep. So, um, it's, it's just one of those things. I don't know why I, uh, and neither, you know, I think, you know, we're sharing a little bit of camaraderie about this at SGs. And, and for those who do have them and love them, uh, more power to you is just you know we all got our own personal things absolutely here. so um I, while people are take, checking these out and you know we'll get into some of the other models that you're doing um how what's your backstory on getting into this how how does one end up producing uh, a beautiful guitar like this in my case i was self-taught it's just tons and tons of repetition i've been doing this for 21 years now um, you know, I, I haven't been doing it steady. I built a bunch of stuff when I was young, kind of got out of it for a couple of years and, uh, you know, kind of reemerged with the Seeger guitars brand. And, uh, I've just been at it ever since. I, I just love it so much. I don't really want to do anything else. That's a good problem to have. It is. It works out great, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was self-taught, um, you know, I was, I was really into woodworking actually as a kid. I, and as luck would have it, I had shop class grades five through all the way through high school. So I had eight years of shop class basically. Wow. Just in public education. And it was like the only thing I paid attention to. And, uh, I was just wanted to make stuff from wood. And then, you know, like many people age 12, I was like, Whoa, guitars are cool. And, uh, it wasn't long after that before I started really like looking at them and trying to figure out how they're made and took it from there. Mm. There wasn't a lot of information. Uh, you know, I'm kind of grateful for this cause uh, you know, the internet was still relatively new and it, it, you know, this was way before social media and stuff. And there, there, I had some books and those were a big help. Um, but there wasn't really, there was very, very little in, information on Lou three on the internet. It's still very, it's still the black art sort of. Mm-hmm. So it just forced me to uh, uh, just mess up a ton. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, just more often than not in the early years, find out what not to do. And, uh, 
you know, figured it out after a while. And I just, it could be discouraging, but I was never like so discouraged that I, I wanted to quit. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, Oh, I learned a new lesson. What was one of the hardest things I could, uh, I'm always fascinated by this question that I'm about to ask that I stop myself from asking as I often do. And Tony and Jared bear with me as I stumble and stutter through all of my yabbering. But I love the idea of actually designing a guitar and I've got a lot of ideas. I'm like, man, I wish I could do it. But you know, I know people who make them and, and I see what they do. I'm like, I can't do that. And one of the things about it that is kind of prohibitive to me is that there's a lot of math involved in getting this right. Definitely. And I hate math. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. So I'm like, this, this, this wouldn't oh, work. Music is math. Yeah, but I can't read it either. I've made yeah, you know, a handful mean, of albums, but I can't read a note. <laughs> you, 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 you don't need to. You can, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. like, there's theory things you might not know the name of, but you know how it works. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I do. What's up with that? myself. Um, (laughs) anyways, as you're getting into this, if you're self-taught, like what were some of the things that you thought like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Uh, everything at one point, honestly. Um, the, the thing that amateur guitar makers struggle with the most, and I did, I'm speaking from experience you there's an order a guitar wants to go together and and there really isn't a lot of wiggle room in that so what i'm in other words it's really easy to paint yourself into a corner Mm. for example like one of the one things that comes to mind is like uh gluing in the neck but you forgot to do the side dots Mm. or like uh you know there's any number of things like that and i think I mean, what I'm, I guess the only solution to that is just really, really thinking the process over very carefully. If I do this, am I precluding myself from doing that and things like that? Right. So, and, and I messed them up every way imaginable. So those are all, you know, kind of instinctual to me now, those, those things to look out for. But, uh, yeah. I, it's It's interesting because there's, there's so many things that are dependent upon each other. It's not like, you know, when you, uh, I'm looking at uh, one of your guitars right now, um, I'm familiar with what guitars look like, so I could do this from memory, but I happen to be looking at this right now. I'm like, okay, let's say if you, if you do, if you put the, the bridge in the wrong place, just even by a little bit, well, that affects your string spacing. Well, that affects the nut that affects the scale length that effect is like all of these little tiny things that are all ex- pretty much the same on almost every guitar right. are it, it, crucial to get right. And that's the thing that terrifies me. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if I, I, I would support anybody who wants to do that. And I actually, people write me quite often, like, where should I start? And, I mean, it, it, the cool thing is it's it's almost a spectrum from doing something completely handmade mm-hmm. and you want to get really crazy to it all the way to like, you know, just putting the kit together. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe the kit has a wired pit guard. Maybe it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you just uh, want to take the guitar apart and refinish it, you know? So th- whatever skill level you're at, or whatever curiosity anybody has for that stuff, there's, there's something out there for you. That's good. That's good advice. Do you, mm-hmm. is there a source that you um, went to often that, that you sort of counted on? Stuart McDonald, they're, they've really grown into an incredible company. I've, um, I mean, I have like their entire catalog, <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. I've got about um, four of them in my office, but <laughs> they're, they're a great company and it's, they, they're old school that they, they really care about pleasing people and they stand behind their stuff. I've been literally I think I, I think I started being a customer. I'm 38 now. I'm a, I was a customer since I was like 16. So they're, uh, they're really cool. Um, LMI, they've been around. That's a great company too. Luthiers Mercantile International. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I get my truss rods. They make, in my opinion, the best possible dual action truss rods available. Yeah. So, if you've been with them that long, you've noticed their growth. Um, when I started doing pickups about 15, 16 years ago, 15 years ago, they didn't have a ton of pickup stuff. But uh, over the years, they, um, they've grown. I know Wolf over in Washington kind of pushed them to get more things. And uh, so, I mean, they work with uh, their luthiers and their customers uh to even get more product there. I mean, that's, what's great about the place. They, they don't shut you down as, Oh no, we're not going to get that tool. You got to get to somewhere else. So actually look into either having it made or, or finding a source to get that tool. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I can kind of back you up on Stuart McDonald. They definitely are customer driven. There's been like a, I, and I have no experience with these companies, but it seems like there's been like sprouting up, like, for lack of a better term, like Stumac wannabes mm. and you know, great. You might, you might've saved a little bit of money, but if you, if you want to do this stuff and do it right and yeah, just go through Stumac, you, you're going to be ahead. Yeah. Some of those, uh, some of the parts, I know it's really easy to get a lot of that stuff off of Amazon and you can get it really cheap. Um, but if you put but those parts, the same. no, no, yeah. no. No, definitely not. I found that yeah. out uh, hanging out with uh, Chase. I was like, "Wow, your tools look way better than the ones that I got." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, you look at one or two of those things, you're like, "Really? How much are the like are fret files really that expensive?" Yep. Yeah, uh, for a reason. Is, <laughs> they're they're sort of aimed at the professional. I did guitar repair. I, I'm out of that entirely, but I did it for many years full time while I was building. Mm-hmm. I can only build now and. Uh, it doesn't take much using it before it, it, it's paid off. Honestly. Yeah. It, I just, I mean, maybe if for like the one time hobbyist, it's out of their budget, but I, they're fortunately not aimed at that. Yeah. I bought, um, my first actual winder that's made to be a pickup winder from them. It was a Shatton. Yeah. And, uh, the first one I had, it, I wore it down to the nub and it just stopped working. <laughs> It stopped working and they just sent me a new one. Wow. They just sent me a brand new one. And then I wore that down to the nub and I'm like, 
you know what? I, I shouldn't do that. Cause I think I just wore it down. Just basically wore it out. Yeah. Um, so I kind of grew from there and got much larger, bigger machines, but cool. But yeah. They're definitely, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a tip top, um, source to get luthier tools and things like that. Even just there's, there's a wealth of information on their YouTubes mm-hmm. and their, their website. I mean, the, the amount, uh, it, it's really incredible what they share. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Dallas, you've got a lot of, um, I would say that your, your guitars are like, you know, they're obviously they're cl- a lot of them are classically inspired, but you've managed to find some unique ways to express your own artistic taste with some of these. Um, let's talk about a couple of those. Um, one that I think is maybe the most obvious is like this uh, reverse German carve. Is that what you would call that? I, I just refer to it as a top car, a carve top versus, you know, an arch top. So you can call it whatever you like. Okay. To well, me, a German carve would be like, instead of doing a radius on the outside edge, you put a cove instead. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm saying a reverse. It's almost like a sunken, like the top is sunken. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it has that ridge and it kind of recurves, I guess. Yeah, where uh, typically, a, I'm at least most German carves that I've seen, you're eliminating uh, wood on the perimeter. Mm, yeah. Where this is actually, you've, you've, you're doing the, the, uh, the opposite where the, you know. It's almost the, like it's like a guitar inside of a guitar. Yeah. Well, the, where I got that from, you know, the SG, I, I do, like I said earlier, it's like the coolest looking guitar that I just don't get along with. So I, I love the looks of a nice SG. And one thing I noticed watching, watching live music, if somebody has an SG, that top bevel um, just comes alive. It's like angled for the stage lights. Mm-hmm. So you, you have like, oftentimes it, it just catches your eye it has like this white sheen on the top part of the body because of the bevel. And I thought, how cool would that be to get that bevel and that reflective surface, but then do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So, I, I totally understand that. And I, it's, it's one of the, the love hate things I have with uh, like my Les Paul double cut. I'm like, it is flat, flat, flat. Yeah. Um, and it's black. So it doesn't offer a ton of dimension to, to dazzle. Uh, so I had to get a, a pick guardian pick guard to take care of that. My, my gold flake one. <laughs> that nice. thing. That'll do it. Um, but I absolutely understand that. Cause when you look at it, you know that if you just twist this thing in the light, it, it is going to absolutely come alive. You can tell that just by looking at them and at any angle you have, it looks like there's a whole bunch of awesomeness going on. And it's a weird thing because almost, you know, most of the guitars are just pretty flat, you know, except for some of the, uh, you know, carved tops or arch tops, uh, Les, Les Balls and et cetera. Um, but uh, so I thought that was a, uh, a unique way to help make something um, stand out and, and, and be different. And you have more, um, I th- it, you, you've got a couple of them that are, more deep set. Uh, you have some that carve comes right up to the, to the, where the binding. That's what you call a recurve. Aha. So, 
with with uh, the old Les Pauls, the '50s ones, they were actually shaped like a, a arch top. So you have the bubble. Everybody knows what the bubble is mm-hmm. with the bridge sets on, you know. Mm-hmm. But yep. it would go down, and then you know, like an inch inside the body, it would come back up. Yes. Yep. You're seeing a recurve. That's an arch top guitar thing, actually, because that recurve is the thinnest part of a, the top or the back of an arch top guitar, and that kind of acts as a hinge for the whole top and the back to vibrate. Now, obviously, this is adapted to uh, solid body guitars, but it's still it's a little nod to the, the arch tops of the old, you know? Yeah. And I've heard people call that the 50s carve. Yeah, the 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 70s ones were different because they were just a radius. It was yep. just it, it didn't have the recurve to it. So if you just imagine uh more like a surface of a ball versus like a violin shape. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Violin. Yes. It's all like, relative. Like that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I those are some of the things that I just kind of marvel at when I'm looking at at uh you know, I I tend to focus on like the little things that make that are different. Um, I appreciate you noticing. Yeah. The one, really that caught, that stuff. the one that caught my eye was the, uh, the Oak and, uh, an acorn carving, which is a nod to the guild S 100. Uh, it is I actually, uh, it, I've, I love the nature boy. Um, I actually made that. That was going to be a little different. Actually. I made that as a speculative piece. It, it's since sold and it happened when Lemmy died. So I put the Oak leaves on yeah. there for Lemmy. Nice. Did you get, did you carve that by hand or did I you? didn't? I, uh, there's a, there's a local cat who did that for me. He did nice. a great job. I, oh, yeah. I, uh, I think if I do it again, I think I'm just going to do it. I think I could, I think I could pull that off. You just need the right tools. Got to get some real good quality yeah. tools. <laughs> I, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been collecting some hand carving tools. I got some ideas. Very cool. What does your guitar spectrum look like moving forward? Are you kind of staying in this vein or are you exploring new things? I want to keep on challenging myself and there's all kinds of ways just in the shop, you know, not, not to mention actual builds. Uh, there's like a whole list of stuff uh, I want to do um, lately. And this is a good, this is a good thing. I've been so busy with fulfilling customer stuff. I haven't had a time to make those speculative guitars. Mm-hmm. So I'm really wanting to get back into doing batches of guitars that are both custom order and some speculative ones where I can kind of get some, I can kind of get some designs that I really want to do out there just mm-hmm. kind of for fun. And I have really good luck getting rid of them later. So that that's a lot of cool. Uh, that that's, that's a cool thing. Um, you, some people might notice like the last, maybe over the last years, my stuff has kind of taken a bit of an eighties slant kind of, um, revisiting some of the classics in my own way, but still building them. Like what? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I came out with, uh, some stuff that's like definitely very, very like late seventies BC rich. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some like, I guess maybe nothing that's like a blatant influence, but just kind of like trying to catch a vibe off something. I did some stuff recently, like, uh, pickups mounted to the body instead of using the rings, just little things like that, you know? So I, it's, I don't know if, yeah, uh, I've been using Kalers. I love Kaler bridges. Those are, those are cool. A lot of people don't even know they're still being made. 
So, but um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to do some Floyd Rose stuff. I think that'd be fun and just, you know, just kind of break my own rules and see if I can do one of these with a Floyd Rose, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I just want to keep it, keep it fresh and keep it moving. I'm working on some new shapes right now. Late seventies, BC rich inspired kind of, you know, you'll have to stay tuned, but it's some, some unique shapes, lots of bevels. Nice. If, like you if you don't mind me asking what you, what got you to that BC rich, um, idea, like what, what got you there? Did you, did you have one of those or you just really like the way those are? Um, honestly, what got me into them, I, I wanted to make a nine string guitar. I was really, really, really into the lead work on high on fires. Death is this communion album where Matt Pike played a nine string and it was the top three strings were doubled. So G G G B B E E and the lead, the lead sound is just bonkers. He's gotten half of a 12 string. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I wanted to cop that a little bit. So I was like, I know I want to make a nine string and, and, uh, mess around with this, uh, these, this paired lead string idea. And I had been curious about the BC rich bitch and kind of through Joe Perry actually, because there's that picture of him in the stadium. It's like, just, you can only see, you can only see people like there, there's no sky and he's just, he's got the bitch and it's just like such a, it's like one of the coolest guitar photos ever. So, uh, I made myself a bitch and, um, it, it's a purple one. I just made it for myself. I don't plan on offering them. It, it, it was just a one off for my own amusement. And, um, yeah, I just had such a good time with that. And I've always been a BC Rich fan anyway. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I just think it's, um, they were just so cool. They're, and they were they were so ahead of their time with like, you know, the Koa and like natural woods, natural finishes, and like the preamps, these like wild shapes, you know. It, it was just, uh, I just think it's such a cool and original chapter in guitar building. Okay, cool. Nothing else looks like them, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing is, like, that bitch is, like, actually a super comfortable guitar. It's like this wild-looking thing. You'd think you'd be uncomfortable. It's so comfortable in your lap. It's so comfortable standing up. Like, they, I'm sure they, like, vetted these. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm sure that, like, they, they put a lot of thought into them. The older ones, you know, obviously you can get some of those at the uh, at the used <laughs> used instrument store for pretty cheap. But those are obviously well, the the not the real really, ones. Those aren't the real ones. Uh, I know. I know. Like, th- they those, spoiled the brand. Yeah, yeah. They spoiled we all it. got defensive and at the same time. <laughs> no, I'm like time out, time out. They were saying the real early ones. Yeah, they were, they were fine instruments. Yeah, yeah. Sure. you know cheap. I. I I um I I know of a fella. I believe he's in Louisiana, Louisiana, and um, I think he's built. He built like a batch of twelve. I want to say, and uh, they're all tribute BC Rich type guitars. And I think he he's done years and years in research. I believe there's a book that goes along with it. And he made he had me made a lot of um, a bunch of sets of T top pickups, and uh, nice. because he read that. Um, that they got a hold of a bunch of T-top pickups and put them in that guitar or, or somebody did put uh, some old Gibson pickups in that guitar. 
Even uh, T-tops aren't cheap now, right? Those are those have gone up quite a bit, huh? Yeah, the yeah the original ones. It's funny because there's a huge price difference between the early mid, well, the mid to late sixties is when they were made at first, and then up to like the late seventies, they all sound the same. Same winder, same wire, same magnets, same coils. Um, they're very, very the same and very consistent. They had that, to be. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so don't, um, don't get fooled paying too much money for a set of T top pickups, but they are a fantastic pickup. No, the people Jared, gotta know. Jared, yeah. you own the T top mold, don't you? I, I had one made and there are two marks on them that are, uh, that you can distinguish my mold from the original mold. So there are distinguishing marks that are very small that you can easily point at and say, Oh, that's Brandon Wound T top mm. because the T top wasn't made like the T on there. Wasn't some sort of patent design. Uh, I want to, or right. Oh, it was not a trademark. It was just a mark to tell the assembler that that's the top of the bobbin. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't call them T-tops back That's then. Hilarious. They were just, it's just a bobbin. That's and such so a guitar thing. Yeah. yeah, it is. And that's that's and then somebody saw, oh no, those have T's on them. Let's call them T-top. And some guy They're out better. There, well, it sounds cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Some guy out there just called it a T-top and then it spread like wildfire and we refer them to as T-tops. Yeah. And you, so. yeah. That's one of your best sellers, isn't it, Jared? It's a little plug it for is. old Jared there. Um, well, very cool, man. I, I really, it's, it's been fun talking to you about the uh, guitar stuff. And, um, I, you know, I, maybe I, I'll ask a question, one last question, and unless uh, Tony or Jared uh, have anything that, but I, if, you know, your guitar is withstanding, all right. Uh, someone, you had the magic genie that said, all right, you can have any guitar you wanted. What would that be? Jeez, oh, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. Uh, the first thing that came to your mind was the real thing. <laughs> All right, the, the truth. I got to give a disclaimer. Like I, I have really spoiled myself, and I really just want to play my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'm just being honest. Uh, I've, I've, I. I I know like a really specific neck thing and like how it hangs and like, it's just, I should just do it. You know, mm. I've, I've gotten a couple of guitars like this year. Cause I figure I should like branch out and like get other stuff. I'd, I'm actually, I'd like to um, sort of be on the other end of the luthier stick and like commission a custom guitar in the next year. Mm. And um, there's, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff out there and I want a lot of it. Um, you know, a lot of the, uh, like the really coveted stuff, the golden age stuff, like it's great. I've handled a bunch of it. It's amazing. I'm really glad I got to experience it, but like overall new guitars are better. I mean, the magic ones, when they're magic, they are magic. Like the Brazilian and like a 59, like there's something about those, but not every single one of them. Yeah. I agree with that. I've, I've gotten a hold of some 59s myself, a couple, and I'm like, eh, 
Yeah, some of them are dogs. I uh, yeah. even even I've I've played some, and they didn't sound bad, you know. But like it was just like mm. it wasn't magical and mythical, and, and you know, it's they, now they can be. I, I I grant that. I I've been I've walked away from a couple of those and be like I didn't even know a fucking oh, excuse me I didn't even know <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know a guitar could be that good. Yeah, you know, it seems yeah. is, but now I think. Uh, Oh, go ahead. Uh, J- Jared, you played when we were at Carter, you played I'm trying to think of who that was. Oh, oh that that's um he wrote uh Sweet Home Alabama. Right. Uh, uh what's his um I'm sorry, you you asked too fast. I forgot his name too. Oh, um Ed King. Ed King. So uh Ed King and yeah, I played that guitar and yeah, it, it was that was, it was like a twenty five thousand dollar guitar or more. Uh, put a, put a one in Put a yeah. one in front of the 25. Yeah. Okay, so as 125, I remember like this guy, they took it out of the case, and I was just I was nervous just standing there. And he gave it to Jared and he said, like, Go ahead and play it. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's playing a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar guitar. And Jared's like, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it, <laughs> you know years ago Joe Bonamassa came to town and he called the shop I was doing repairs at and he wanted to swing by and check stuff out. He's a really cool guy. But um, you know, he came in and uh, we started chatting or whatever. And he's like, you ever play 59? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, do you want to play one today? And I'm like, yeah. So he, he went out and got two of them. And he's just like, I didn't know this dude at all. He trusted me. And he, like, he brought in two of his 59s and let me play them. They were very, very good. But um, yeah, he's got the, you know, he has a privilege of deciding which one he wants. Whereas the ones that I got were just, I was lucky I was around and I was actually around his, his road, you know, Tony and I were at a concert but we, and um, we got to handle a few of those, but you know, gosh, man, when, when I was standing there, I'm like, ah, eh, you know what, this time I'm going to pass. I'm not going to handle any of these guitars. What if I have an aneurysm or just something? <laughs> well, if you had an aneurysm, you'd be, you'd be free and clear. Cause you'd be dead. <laughs> Well, I'd hope so because I don't want to have to sell my house to pay off a guitar that I broke. Yeah, because the value's gone after the next snaps. Yeah, so. no way, man. They sound better. Remember, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, tone breaking. So Dallas, I, I know you have a, a lot of different options on you know if somebody wants to order a guitar from you. If you were ordering and you said you might be interested in ordering a, a guitar. What uh, what would the specs be on on a guitar that you would order? Uh, I, I like a giant neck. Um, so like inch thick a nut. Um, I guess I guess you'd call it like a nineteen fifty eight C. I like the Gibson scale. I think it sounds best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, scale length definitely affects tone. Um, I, I like Fender scale too, but. Um, Gibson just feels a little cooler, a little snappier for some reason. 12-inch radius, 17-inch headstock. This this should sound really familiar to a lot of people. These are pretty classic dimensions. And then, um, you know, big. it's got to have a very stiff neck joint, a lot of surface area. Um, I'm mostly a humbucker guy, um, but I, 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 I have appreciation for single coils. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I really like it to balance with, the neck up a little, you know, not, not, not a dive. So it just kind of naturally hangs. Mm. Um, you know, I, back to your question about if I could have any guitar, um, you know, this popped into my head that the callings I 35, I'd really like to get one of those with a, with a laminate top, not a solid top. Mm. 
yeah, I'd, I'd, I think uh, I think that would really do it for me. Done. Poof. So All right. Th- thanks, man. Look in your mailbox. By the way, um, your the prices you say <laughs> your set your set neck build prices are pretty reasonable for a hand built hand everything guitar. I'm just I'm putting that out there. I'm not going to get into dollars and cents right now, but ladies and gentlemen, you can you, you could do a lot worse. I want to find out also what strings are you using and, and what gauge? Yeah. Um you know, the thing with strings like I like fancy ones. If, if I could just use like nothing but pyramid or something, I I love pyramid, but I think there's something to be said for just getting a set of strings that you can get virtually anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in my case, um, I really like the, the Dario 1052, the light heavy set. And, huh. <laughs> and I honestly use it for like any, just like any tuning E low, whatever. I just, I, I just generally go for that for everything. Mm. Um, if I'm doing some, like, I don't do like a lot of crazy low tunings. If I did, I'd probably get like more specialty set, but I, I mostly play in E, E flat or C sharp and I just use them for everything. And yeah, they, they do feel a little different in the different tunings, but, uh, I, 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 that's just what I've been doing. Nice. Well, can't go wrong. That sounds like a pretty solid choice. Speaking of solid choices, we're going to transition over to Jaredville, and he's got some choices that we need to take care of right now. For exactly. Hit it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now the time for the segment called Would You Rather? So our good friend Ron Lister from British Columbia, Canada, um, wrote us a really, really cool thingy McDougal a message, and it ends with the would you rather. So here it goes. As musicians, we all strive to develop our craft, be it as a performer or hobbyist. This journey often includes a perpetual guest quest. quest for knowledge, insight, and gear that might give us the edge, not the edge amongst our counterparts or simply to just sound better for our known personal satisfaction. For many of us, this quest has led us here to the other side of the coin where the guitar knobs unite with the best of the best sonic shapers and gear builders, which is often truly an inspiring experience. So given the option between these two worlds, would you rather be known as a groundbreaking and creative musician or would you rather be recognized for your technical expertise as an innovative and forward-thinking boutique guitar designer and builder? Oof. That is a brutal question. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go. Tony, Jared, Dallas, and then I'll wrap it up. Hmm. That's well, really tough. I'm I'm thinking uh I would I, I'm just gonna shoot this is off the off the top of my head. I'm gonna just say I would rather be known for the design and build 
as opposed to the playing. Um, if you're a great designer and builder, there will you know you'll be able to meet with and maybe even jam with some really great players uh, over the course of your you know career. And, and to me, that that's the longevity of 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 that the and, and the historical preservation of something that is you know, we'll call it a classic or whatever. Uh, I think that trumps the uh, the ability to to play because a lot of players sometimes are just kind of flash in the pan kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas something you know, let's let's go back to you know a flying V or an explorer or even a you know a late fifties uh, Les Paul. I mean, those are classic, timeless designs. Or the SG, or the SG, or the Telecaster, or in your case, Todd, the Stratocaster. <laughs> <laughs> So I uh, yeah I think that I mean when you think about it in terms of you know the the long term impact I think having a great design and or a great build uh, I think is 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 a better option. Hmm. Very that's interesting. Me, that's me thinking. All right, Jared. Um, this is not difficult at all for me. Uh, I would much rather be the. Uh, technical expertise and uh, designer and builder. I've kind of experienced already kind of what, you know, what, it, what it's like to be that guy um, because I, I've been around Seymour Duncan. Um, I'm using him as an, as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been in the business uh, and he goes all the way back to Jimi Hendrix. And when you look at, longevity and how long he's been around doing the same thing and being happy. Um, you can, you know, put him in the same box as far as longevity as the stones and Aerosmith. And well, I said the stones and <laughs> they've been around for the longest, but I think you have a much longer and happier life when you're just doing what you like to do and you don't have all that fame and you don't have all that, um, all these other expectations that drain people. Mm. And so I, I, I'm not the guy who wants to be on stage, um, in front of a million people every night. You know, I'm not that guy. I, I, I do it a few times. I've been around, you know, uh, I've been in front of maybe 1500 people playing, but I wouldn't want to do that all the time. So I guess me personally, I definitely take the innovative and forward thinking boutique guitar or, you know, boutique guy. That's, that's what I want to do. I wanted you to say boutique guitar. The boutique guitar. Yeah. Boutique guitar. All right, Dallas. I think we know what your answer is, but go ahead. Um, you know, there's that old saying that luthiers are frustrated guitarists <laughs> and I, I don't feel that way. I'm doing what I love. Yeah. Well, I, I would choose, I'd choose musician. I would, I would turn my back on all this. Uh, if you know anybody who can, who can I will burn my shop down to the ground tomorrow 
and uh, just forget about it entirely. So if you know anybody, Todd, who could hook that up for me, um, <laughs> an arsonist I, is that what you're I, asking? I would. I would. I'm, I'm from my, Youngstown, so I yeah, would, we have an arsonist. I would throw my. I'd throw my tools away, and I would just turn my back on it forever. Fame and fortune, and expect and having to fill expectations for the rest of your life. Yeah, get a bunch of band drama. Um, you know, all kinds of pro. Yeah, I'd do that. Everything that goes along. Oh wow, I, that's surprising. But uh, <laughs> uh, hmm. you know, it's funny because uh, Seymour Duncan he just couldn't eat his breakfast without some buddy going up to him and trying to talk to him. So I get, <laughs> and he's oh, and been, him? You know, yeah, yeah. It, no, it was it the Dallas Guitar Show? Oh, and I I felt bad for him because. I was done with my breakfast and he hadn't taken a bite out of his waffle yet. And everybody's just bothering him. I'm like, let the poor guy eat some food. <laughs> Did he think he, you were going to take his food? Is that what the problem was? <laughs> well, I could have easily done that while someone was talking his ear off about the same crap that he probably hears every time someone talks to him. Waffle. <laughs> um, well, What's let's the deal see. with Al Nuko too. <laughs> right. uh, well, I have been struggling with this question the entire time. Um, I, I'm going to evoke the, uh, the words here, a groundbreaking creative musician. To me, that is, that's going to put me in there with like, I don't know, Seymour Steve Duncan. Weiss, Stanley Clark, like the, you know, the, the guys, Earth, right. the ones that are, that are, Jeff gr- no, if you're, yeah, if you're groundbreaking to me, that's, that's like the smaller crowd. The guys that are like, Oh my gosh, this guy's so groundbreaking. When I play live, I'm doing it because I just want to rock my socks off and I love the energy and I love the feeling and I love the power and everything. It's just, it's anybody that does that, plays live you know exactly what i'm talking about it is there's nothing like it um that said i think that it would be pretty awesome to be recognized for for creating something that really was truly innovative um or groundbreaking in the musical world i'm gonna go with that route because after every you know we've had 200 episodes plus and there is so much that I envy about, um, and envy is probably a sh- too strong of a word that, that I, I, you know, I, I wish that I had or was able to do with all the people that we interview. I mean, there's a reason that we're doing this because like I, I, I have the, that innovator created, you know, creative builder envy. I do. And, you know, Dallas, you've got things that you were talking about that I'm like, oh man, I, that, that would be so fantastic to be able to do. Um, so I'm going to tell you, I'm choosing that. I want to make something awesome and have people All go, right. that thing's oh. awesome. Whoa, you just reversed on the last minute. I thought we were going to like start an Eve 6 cover band. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I, lo- I love the idea of being a rock and roll star. I mean, anybody who plays guitar pretty much does by nature but there is something special about saying i made this and it is it stands alone and it's not subject to to uh you know whatever the 
latest, um, you know, trend of music is or who's better, who's worse. It's like, it stands, you know, it stands alone. So that's what I'm doing. I'm choosing that. Okay. That was a really great question. Thank you for sending that in Mr. Lister. And we got to go to swing out to Tony. We got to thank a few people and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Yes, sir. Bob, Make we, have, we have, we have a bunch of people to thank. At this point of the show, there's a special group of people that help make this show possible. There are executive producers. And go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate. Become a patron of this very podcast. Help make it possible. The top of the heap would be our executive producers. And they get great prizes. There's t-shirts and barefoot buttons and oh my goodness stickers and all the good stuff there's just too numerous to mention in addition to all that great stuff executive producers get one more very special thing and what is that jared they get to have their name right on the thing and their name right on the thing that's what i'm gonna do right now so special thanks to these executive producers Mr. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, uh, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, Ken, uh, Richard Kendall, Tyg Harmon, John Williams, Michael DeLucio, John Z Jackson, ah, I got tongue-tied, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, David Rando, and we have a new executive producer, Mr. Douglas King. Hooray! Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One no, and no, all. Todd, 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 Todd. Yes. I have to warn you every week because <sighs> there's another level, the the penthouse suite level of executive producers. We call them our grand poobas. In addition to all the great stuff and oh, the price package is galore. They get a fez to wear upon their head while True. listening to the podcast. So special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Jonathan Jerusik. Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Fasta, Sean S. S Tommy S Manasco, Mark Garten, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, and Tim Nowak. Oh, thank right. You, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you all for supporting our show. I, we, well, thank you. Let's see here. Tony Baloney. Nah. Let's ask Dallas where people can find his things and get some awesome guitars. Hey, Dallas. What's up, Tony? Where can f people find your awesome stuff? <laughs> well, Tony, they can find it at SeagerGuitars.com, S-E-G-E-R, or on Instagram at SeagerGuitars.com. You can write me directly, Dallas, D-A-L-L-A-S, like the city, at SeagerGuitars.com. Fantastic. And Tony, how about yourself? Yeah. Go over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the stuff that I have available to all order. 
Uh, but by and large, what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're thinking about, what you want to do. I will make you something you're going to love. Fantastic. Jared? If you need pickups or pickup repair or anything of the sort, go to brandonwoundpickups.com. Also, check out my Rewind Time with Brandon Wound Pickups, where I show and tell everybody the repairs that come into my shop. It's a fun, short thing. Be a part of it. All right. You can shoot me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs. I promise I will forward these things to my two cohorts. And we always get all kinds of great questions. I uh, love to help answer. And if you got a would you rather so Jared can read it, mm-hmm. do it. Send it to us. We'd love to. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank Dallas Seeger and his beautiful guitars for joining us on our show today. It was a pleasure talking with you, man, and getting to know you. It was great. Thanks. You bet. Everybody, have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe! (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Todd, are you there? I'm here. Todd? Jared? That's my joke. Boy, did you get blessed with the flipping coolest rock and roll name ever goodness sakes alice seeker yeah it's all right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's all right whatever <laughs> candace yeah. cameron <laughs> yeah she's on the she's on hallmark all the time man. why she's are you watching hallmark show? jared okay so right. i can't hear todd for real <laughs> no oh man that was good <laughs> you got you fucker oh. <laughs> Well, I know that Mario Lopez is going to play Colonel Sanders in the movie. <laughs> That's right. I, I did. I'm, t- I'm totally serious. Um, and things are finally starting to get. To- what was that? Was was the UFO? Was the mothership coming to get me? <laughs> yeah. Are you still there, Dallas? Or were you abducted, bro? Look at Ray Kroc. I mean, he bought McDonald's, but he kept it McDonald's because his last name is Kroc. Is it really a Colonel Sanders movie? Yeah, it's it's a Hallmark thing. It's oh, called oh, Recipe oh, for Seduction. Shut right? up. I'm totally serious. Shut Look it up. Shut up. Jimmy Dumpleganger. Jared Crock is an authority on pickups and on fast food. food. Too. Oh, Tony, now I got to edit that, you <laughs> doofus. No. Well, who would produce something like that? Seriously. Apparently Hallmark. Uh, yeah. Don't, I mean, you know that. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar knobs. Catch you next time.